Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoop. I'm back, baby. And Johnson. Let's get into another happy week of basketball, Guido. I, I tell you, so uh, a, a lot of us are friends that do other WVU podcasts. We have a little text chain that goes around between us and RVK and Unreasonable Doubt and a couple other guys out there. And uh, man, we were texting this this last week about how hard it is to do a WVU sports-based podcast when there ain't much good to talk about in WVU sports. You, you know when they talk skewed about teams have to generate their own energy? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what we're doing right now. It's it's tough. It's like crazy tough. Like when mm-hmm. we came up with the idea of we had a we had a podcast for our listeners that don't know this. We had a podcast that ran about a year long or so. Um that was generic sports, right? We we kind of talked about everything sports yeah. and life and and four people listened to it. Uh, it was very popular in um Germany. I think we were very popular in yes. Germany. Remember when I was mistaken yeah. for uh, yes, Jack we, Tripper? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of the Canadians. Stuff. The Canadians yes. love the Toronto Johnson. folks. Yes. Um, so then we decided, hey, let's. We got a great idea. Actually, I think it was Guido's idea. This is a great idea. Let's do WVU. Let's talk about WVU. Um, yeah. And it was Guido's fault. And three years ago, <laughs> it's my fault. That felt good. Yeah, it felt fun. Like let's let's remember, get into remember this. Remember when that was a great idea? Remember like, when it was fun? Yeah, there were wins. We were talking about yeah. winning. I think we still had Holgerson at the time. We had maybe the, the basketball team was was feeling good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, e- e- now last year it felt like okay. Uh, one of the two things is not great, but we still have basketball. We can talk about that. We we had a team that was uh, a potential, um, you know, in the conversation of hey, this could be like a national contender. And then um, we see half that team leaves us, and we're left with what we have now. Well, you know what the funny thing is, though? Just like like standard by-the-book WVU fan, we're not going anywhere, Scoot. And that was Guido, case in point. And I know we're going to try to run through all these, you know, maybe talk about some of all these games. But yesterday, a sold-out Coliseum to watch right. a team that's lost what 13 of 14 and 500 so i mean like just like them we're not going like we say that in jest what's we're wrong with us anywhere right we i know what is, our problem? what is wrong what? with people what is our problem and it's it's funny because i've been watching you know we watch wvu play home and away I, and i and i also tune in to a lot of other big 12 games just to get a feel even if i put it on in the background and you watch like tcu and you watch like oklahoma state and they they're putting 4,000, 5,000, 8,000 people to watch yeah. their home games. Meanwhile, we're we stink this year and we're still putting 12,000, 14,000 people in the yeah, Coliseum. Yeah, so you can't fault Mountaineer Nation. They're still they're still showing up, they're still showing they're out, still they're there. still supporting. Right. And so are we. Like we lament, but so are we. Yeah, and I will say I I feel like that chatter from the players on Twitter has kind of died down. Somebody said something to somebody over the last <laughs> yeah, couple of weeks and said, "Hey, listen, <laughs> Guys, stop stop complaining that you're all by yourselves because there are 14,000 people <laughs> right, in the Coliseum right. trying to be there with the you. The Coliseum like, would beg to differ, yes. Right. WVU, though, guys, continues their losing streak. We're six in a row now. We've only won one out of the last 14 games that we've played. Uh, it's, it is a rough go at it. There are two games left in the regular season. Uh, WVU drops all three games this week to TCU, Iowa State, and to Texas. We'll start with the TCU game. Uh, congratulations, though, to Taz Sherman in the TCU game. He joined the 1,000-point club for WVU. Yeah, he's the 55th player, I think, to do that, which is pretty cool. Good for him. And, uh, and you know, I mean, that game, Johnson, I, I don't feel – again, and this is the, this is the kind of the – the overarching problem is like most of these games, even when we played halfway decent in Iowa State and Texas, did you ever feel like we were in it to like we were going to win no, it? No, but I think maybe we can we can skim the top of that TCU game. Like the only thing interesting from that was Jamie Dixon at times being on so far out on the court, you felt like he was a sixth man for TCU. Like, <laughs> isn't that ridiculous? And he's like, at one point, my dad was like, 
that guy's going to have a heart attack. Like he's just, he's constantly screaming like at every moment of this game. But I, you know, I thought in the Iowa state and Texas games, I guess it's a testament to how bad this season has been. You know, those are two losses, but they felt different. The energy felt different. Uh, we lead a large portion of both of these games. Um, the Iowa state game was just heart wrenching because you make some super boneheaded plays under a minute to kind of give that game back to Iowa State. Uh, outside of Brockington, I thought they played pretty good defense. I thought they actually moved. You know, Keenan Cummings yesterday during the Texas game said, what am I watching? He, he put out some tweet that I answered to. I, I think I bookmarked it here. He's like, what am I watching? People moving on offense? You know, it's, so I think it's a testament to like, yeah, we lost, but I felt like these games, at least the energy level felt different. So I'm trying to glean anything I can from these games right now. And that's what it felt like. So can I talk about the elephant in the room? Uh, we've talked about this elephant. Actually, I don't know why we. I'm even saying it's an elephant in the room. Can I just talk about the room? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's no <laughs> elephant. About the room. It's just the room. <laughs> There's no elephant. It's like just about the room. taking the up the whole room. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So my issue continues to be we have... Uh, I think we're, we're down to what, maybe 11 or 12 guys now on the roster. And for some reason, we're not a very good team. We hear a lot of coach speak about how maybe I just need to play certain guys or I shouldn't be playing these guys as much as I do yet. Like we've, you've heard the saying, you know, talk is cheap or, you know, actions speak louder than words. We continue to do the exact same thing with the hopes that something is going to change. Like yeah. there's there's no rule in in basketball that says, hey, you've got eleven guys on your roster, play all eleven. Yeah, like, I think there's a, like I think when I look, Scoot, there's like thirteen total, and I think they regularly play eleven because a Conquo. Right. I mean, I don't know what Jamel they did. King occasionally, yeah. sees like time. they like, never. Right. Like usually, it's about eleven, eleven guys. And and to your point, every post game hugs kind of tells us that he can't figure out which five he even likes to look at for a period of time. So why he decides to play 11, I'm not really sure. And we don't have a team that's made for that. We don't have, like, if you're going to press Virginia, yeah, where you've got all these guys that you, you know, you're, you're tired, you're running ragged. You're causing chaos. Yeah, that's yeah. not what we're doing. We're running Maybe like... Maybe you would see that. We're running like Taz for 38 minutes uh, along with 10 other guys. That's kind of what it feels like. Right. And it's, it's weird. And if there are some guys that are part of what you perceive as the problem, don't play them. Well, Move and what on. do you think, too, about, to me, that made sense in the early season, but at game 28, 29. Right. We're not trying to figure out rotations anymore. Right. right. We're, it doesn't we're really make sense. We know what yeah. doesn't work. I agree. Well, and I feel like now everything Huggins does with rotations, with guys playing or not playing, is all about them being punished for practicing or not practicing or pray you know being promoted for practicing or not practicing i mean this texas game jalen bridges started but then he only played johnson 14 minutes yeah and that's what i thought minutes? scoot was gonna scoot maybe that's the smaller elephant maybe there's a big elephant and like a little elephant a baby in elephant this room yeah baby elephant i mean jalen starts like guido says but he's he ends the game on 14 minutes zero points for one shooting and i mean i thought right can i just since we since we bridge to that can i throw something out here to you guys and just let me see what you think so don't you feel or don't you get nervous can you see the similarity between jalen's body language in these last couple games so in this game guido uh he gets a quick third foul early that was part of his problem right he's he's right 14 minutes but he had three personal fouls was I that think. the one of those fouls was the one where he didn't get the rebound and he hacked the guy on the low block right yeah like 90 feet away so, from the basket so, right exactly because you texted me so then they call the foul on him. He reaches down. He jerks his jersey out of his shorts like, I'm done. And he walks over to the sideline. And for all intents and purposes, Hugs pretty much took him up on that because he was nailed to the bench for almost the rest of the game. So anyway, my point is, what I started to say is, remember last season when Derek Culver pretty much checked out of the last, like, three, four or five games. And we thought, man, that guy's body right. language feels terrible. And that's a shame because, man, did we ever need him. And then obviously, you know, things went the way they did in the offseason. To me, 
things are really weird with Jalen Bridges right now. John Flowers tweets out, you know, yesterday or the day before next year, something to the effect. I think John said next year, this team is Jalen's if he wants it. And I felt like I don't really, I can't tell what Jalen wants right now. Cause he just, his body language feels bad. And it's a shame. Cause I think if you poll anyone, they would probably point to JB as like high potential, the guy that could take it to the next level right now. It just feels like it's a mess with him right now. Yeah. And you know, and it's one of those things, John, and I hate, and I hate it. And I hate oh, it because I know. Me too. It guy. feels terrible. And you, and you know that he's a, he's a Fairmont guy. And I saw John, John Flowers is, uh, tweet and by the way, uh, anybody out there listening, if you haven't been following John Flowers on Twitter the last like week or so, it's a good follow. It's it's a funny follow, <laughs> and uh, get a chance to follow him up. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I saw the tweet and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, his body language, you know, his demeanor on social media, his family's demeanor on social media seems like a lot of chirping there. A lately. lot of chirping there lately, which makes me feel like they're not. Like this, this, this starts to look like a portal sort of situation I worry about. So can I talk a little bit about culture real quick? Um, and it, I don't know how, how much of a prevailing factor this is, but if you go kind of back through the last, let's say five years of WVU basketball, we've had some characters on the team that have been bad influences per se. And then they have eventually kind of gone away. But I can't help to think that some of this may have started way back when that, you know, at the time we didn't even realize what kind of effect it could have. So you look, you talked about Derek Culver having similar body language issues toward the tail end of last year. Now, subconsciously is Jalen kind of playing out some of that because that's what he's seen before. And he's seen guys kind of, Hey, this is, you know, I'm not saying he's acting out because Derek did that, but you know, when you see guys act but in the that back way. of your mind, like I've seen that process before, right. or maybe I'm. And then you look at Derek right. Culver. Did he is he feeling that way because you're um, going to blame Issa Ahmad? Well, that's I'm wondering, right? So he's watched Issa Ahmad for years, kind of do this kind of thing, and or lump in D'Angelo Hunter, right? Because he kind of burned bridges on his way yeah. out. He basically torched right. the place on his way yeah, out. He kind of tossed a Molotov cocktail, right? Yeah, so. You look at some of those guys, are they the the predecessor or the precursor to what we're seeing with Jalen? I don't know that that's really a connection, but it was it's something that struck me when you said that about Derek, is a lot of times the younger guys look, and it's crazy, and you might be a year or two younger than some of these other guys, but you kind of look up to them like, hey, that's the guy on this team that no, that's a fair is, point. is yeah. the leader, is the guy that I'm looking up to. This is who I want to be like. I would just expect the staff to redirect that and make you, that a right. positive situation. You know, right. like not let it get to a point where it gets toxic or whatever. The, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like this feels a little bit toxic. Guido, after the Iowa State game, I mean, now Hugs was really mad after Iowa State, but one of the things he specifically says you know, we have those two disaster plays. He says they didn't do what I asked them to do twice later on in the post game. I don't know if you know, I know you watch post game or listen to post game a lot. I listened to this one. He said, we have guys that have their own agenda. Right. And you like, hey, if you're so your scoot, then, then I start to go called that a long time ago. Yeah. I'm like, well, who, who are the guys, you know, like what, I don't know. I, I start to get antsy about that stuff. It makes you anxious. So I just, I Got don't know. Got your ears on bad. has been saying that since October. There are too many guys on this team that are one-year guys. Individuals that instead of. That are trying to, one, either make a name for themselves so they can go somewhere else next year. And a lot of these guys, next year means somewhere professionally, right? Because there is no more college for a lot of these guys. Right. So you've got, and you've got a bunch of guys that are coming in that were the guy somewhere else, and they don't want to drift into like they don't want to become, um, what's the word I want? Like kind of in the background, they don't want to be they don't want to be the backup singer. They want to be the lead yeah, singer, right? And so you're going to sure. see a lot of that. And Huggins also in that post game press conference also mentioned the fact that Isaiah Brockington, who I'll be honest, uh, prior to. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever that game was, I didn't know the man existed. I didn't know there was a human <laughs> being named Isaiah Brockington. <laughs> right, okay. And this guy scores 35 points. Yeah. And Huggins says, it wasn't hard to figure out. They just continued to go to the same guy because he could beat his man 
constantly. Well, and he also said, if you notice, because for some of that, Hugs went zone, and there was a quote there. He said, if you notice, they were going after the same guy in the zone every time. And I tried to figure, to me, I I don't want to take a pot shot at Sean, but I feel like Sean found himself either by design or rotation in that spot a lot of times, unfortunately. And, and look, I'm not like the Brockington kid would have been hard for anyone to guard except maybe throw a Javon Carter on him or something, you know, but I think Sean was in the unenviable position a lot of times where he's trying to get a hand in the guy's face and and it just didn't matter. I mean, he was hitting everything. I mean, let's be honest. Sean's biggest problem is his foot speed, right? I mean, that's ultimately what I think causes him the biggest problems on defense is he just doesn't have the foot speed. Well, I think you'd rather see, you know, and I think they said post game, you know, we also forget that, Kedrian Johnson had a hip pointer in practice, so didn't play in this game. I I liked it because I think Kedrian is super strong on defense. I think if he's in there, you know, does Brockington still get 30? You know, I don't know, but maybe he doesn't go for 35. Maybe he goes for 25. I don't know. But that was a game that felt like it just punched you right in the gut because that was a game you've already beat these guys once. You had them on the road and it just slipped away. Doesn't this seem like a situation? And I know kids sometimes don't think of this kind of stuff and I see it all the time with high school athletes but like doesn't this seem like a situation where okay this Isaiah Brockington is going bananas and we're in this game and if I'm a a young Kobe Johnson or a Seth Wilson or one of these younger guys Jamel King do I say to whoever will listen on the coaching staff listen coach I'll lock him down Give give me the chance. I don't. I'll help our team on defense. You know, I'll try to not mess up the offense, basically. But let me let me yeah. lock him down. He give won't me a score. Shot. He won't score thirty five on us. And I think that's some of these guys. Their opportunities are there. Obviously, I mean, we're a losing team, right? So the opportunities are there for guys to step up. This should be the time where. What we kind of saw with Jordan McCabe his freshman year, where he kind of stepped in and was like the leading scorer for like the last three or four games because that team had kind of fallen apart. There's opportunities for some of these younger guys to kind of step into it. If one, if the staff gives them a chance to step into it. Yeah. They got to get on the court. And two, if they make the most of it and and don't do boneheaded things, right. And and to the point where they get jerked off the floor. But here's, here's the thing we've been kind of talking off and on about. I mean, the last since whatever the beginning of January with this team, which is that, you know, we said all along going into conference play that, Taz was going to be a score. We needed we needed McNeil and Bridges to be able to average that, you know, 10 to 15 points a game, which hasn't happened. Um, I will say that you've seen guys like Malik Curry and Gabe Osaboyan step up. I mean, Gabe, after having his little spat that we talked about a week ago on the show, really turned it around this week. Had a great game, 19 points against Iowa State, played very good against Texas as well, you know, and does what Gabe does. He's standing there, he's taking charges. I mean, he's amazing at it, uh, it, which is going to be good for him, which will get him professional thing. But here's the question I have for you guys. Like, you feel like watching this team that there are guys that are bought into the Huggins way and guys that aren't bought into the Huggins way. And the guys that aren't bought in are continually not, you know, like Huggins says. They're not doing what they tell them. As a player, and I get it, you're 20, you're 21, you're 19, whatever years old, and authority is authority. Like, But Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame coach. He's you know, one of the most famous collegiate basketball coaches. Why aren't these guys like, what is the, what is the major malfunction Scooty that these guys aren't listening to and doing what the coach asked them to do? Some of it could be, why do I have to buy into it? The, The guy that's not bought into it is still getting playing time. So what's the point in me buying in? I think that's goes back to us playing 11 guys. Like, listen, right. If, so-and-so is not doing what you tell them to do. Don't play them. You say you're not going to play them, but you keep playing them. So if I'm young guy, player on the team that's maybe a freshman or a second-year player, hey, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not doing what they're told to do, but they still get to play. Should I continue to try to buy in? It's not really getting me anywhere. So there's like a, I think there's a disconnect, and there's some issue there. Like that's human nature says, hey – this guy's telling me I have to do this in order to play, but I'm watching all these other guys not do what they're being told to do. So what's the point in me doing what I'm supposed to do if I don't get to play? So there's a lot of like discontent because of that. And there's a lot of resentment because 
you know, and it's some of it is you see it more in basketball probably than you do in most other sports because the rosters are so small. Yeah, there's only so many guys, and right. it's it's the people get resentful of other players on the team because of the perception that the coach either likes them better or they're a better player or they have to play them because if the team wants to have a chance to win, uh, let's be honest, Tash Sherman shoots and scores a lot, right? He's our best scorer per se, but he turns the ball over way too much for my liking as a call. You know, if I was a college coach, I would lose my mind over some of the turnovers he has because they're to me, um, I don't want to categorize them as lazy turnovers, but they're like, what are you thinking? Why would you make that pass there? Why would you um, not put more effort into your pass or try to meet the ball as it's being passed to you in order to stop it from being stolen? I I feel like there are some – he has to play. So what I'm getting at is he has to play because of the potential that he brings. But there are some stuff where you're like, I'm Kobe Johnson. I go in there and I make a turnover and I get yanked real quick because I did – maybe less of a a thing than what Taz did, but because I'm not the, you know, bona fide scorer yet. So then does Kobe Johnson, I'm using these as examples. These are not like, you know, solid. But I, I guess my point is, like, if you look at this roster right now, like, can you, could you point out to me who the handful of guys are that Huggins says aren't listening, do their own thing? Can you, I mean, could you tell it's, me who they are? I mean, I can I, guess. We I have guess to guess a couple, because we, like, everyone plays. He says all these things that these are these guys don't listen and I they know, still play. So I can't really tell who's. Well, but that would lead you to believe then is like James Aconquo and Jamel King. Right. They don't listen to anything. And if then, you remember cause... old Huggins, I say old Huggins. You remember Huggins from five years ago. There were times where guys were in Huggins doghouse like they were in the doghouse and they stayed in the doghouse for games. I think of Daxter Miles. There was right. a lot of times where Daxter Miles would get in the doghouse. And he'd, and he'd play like seven minutes a game. Yeah. And that would be it. And he'd be in, and then he eventually would work his way out of the doghouse, do okay, get a stretch of games. Where be, but then maybe he gets back in it. And it wasn't like he was – I don't think he was like a bad apple or anything. I don't think that at all. I think that maybe he wasn't doing things in practice, or maybe he had – you know, we don't see that, though. Like, is it? I also feel like some of these rotations are like a bad habit. Like, it just – that's what they've done for so long in this season that that's what they do. I'll give you an example of, like, Isaiah Cottrell in the early games, in some of these games. I think Texas was another one. He comes out, he goes, like, three for three. He's active. I mean, look, he's not going to dominate the low block, but he's active. He's, you know, he's giving you a lot of energy. Then you see Polycap, Kerrigan – you see this parade of guys that he sits for a long time, you know, well, and, and I find about, myself thinking like, why, like you're going to come out in the second half and have him right back in the starting lineup. So why, like what, it, some of that just doesn't make sense to me. And it almost feels like a habit. I would love to look at the breakdown of Isaiah Cottrell's scoring by half by looking at the halves, right? I would venture to guess he scores roughly 85 to 90% of his points in the first half because you don't see him very much in the second half. If you think about it, maybe he starts the second half, but then he's yanked pretty quickly. He he very rarely goes for a four-minute section of time you know, between TV timeouts. Very rarely do you see him play a full four minutes, and very rarely do you see him play – like I don't know that you ever see him really play an eight-minute stretch or whatever. He doesn't get a lot of playing time in the second half. But Guido, I think it begs the question too, like you're 14 and 15 – and we had been saying this maybe two shows ago. When do you start just like I I'll be honest with you, they came out at Iowa was yeah, they came out at Iowa State. Kobe Johnson's in the starting lineup. I was way happier about that than I should have been. You know, like I was super happy. Right. And I, I I was sitting there watching the game like this this is kind of dumb. I don't know why I'm so happy about that. But I think it's because I've been really wanting to see like I I text Scoot yesterday. I feel like Seth and Kobe should rotate in together. I think they should be on the floor a lot more with Isaiah Cottrell and Jalen. I just think that, I mean, if you were talking last week about has Hugs turned the corner and is he looking to the future? Well, if he is, it's a weird way to do it because the these guys that are probably most potentially coming back are getting the least amount of playing time. It feels weird. Right. 
And I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's, there's, I agree with you 100% because I think if you, if I turn on the Oklahoma game this week or the TCU game this week and, you know, and I see Seth Wilson in the starting lineup or Conquo or at least them getting like marked playing time during the game, I think I'm more excited. I, I don't, ex- and like we said, we've been saying this now for weeks. Like, I don't expect WVU to win either of these two games this week. I expect them to lose their first game in the Big 12 ch- uh, championship. I mean, likely because we're WVU, we'll get an NIT game or something like that. And I mean, these are the things that that drive me crazy, Johnson. It's like, so like we're now just playing for the end of the season. And like I I've never I hate as a fan wanting a season to end more than and I and I said it. We said it. I've seen it on Twitter all over the place like. I think I enjoyed football season way more than I enjoyed basketball season this year. Yeah, and at the time you were like, "There's no way that's going to be possible." I think, but people are on Twitter like, "I'm slowly realizing football season wasn't as bad as I thought." But I, I, I yeah, just think it, it's we an, made a bowl. We had something just, to watch. I think like, it's an odd thing for for those guys too because I worry that you know because I I've said a few times now I really like Kobe Johnson's game. I mean, you see him make some explosive plays. I think Seth Wilson's made some shots in places that energizes the team. I start to just get worried that they get really discouraged. And as the offseason comes, I I mean, maybe this is another question to talk about. I have no idea who to be confident in that I see next year off this team. I really, not to be dramatic, but I, I don't feel like anyone is a lot that they just come back, you know, off of this roster. So let's take let's take a quick poll here, guys. Like how I think, many? I say go down players. Go down the w- roster, Guido. Go down the go down the roster, and we'll we'll go yes or no. Jalen Bridges. I'm just doing it alphabetically. Jalen Bridges. Is he is he here next year? Is he not here next year? That's the toughest one, right? That's God, the toughest you one. With that one. Come on. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna say yes, but I think it's like a 65-35 thing right now. I'm with you too. Like I would say, I am. He's a Fairmont guy. It's so tough for me. For a Fairmont guy, Guido, that's making pepperoni roll advertisements, and we don't think he's a lock. And that's the thing. And and this is where I think he, I think where he, it should lean for him to stay is because of the name and likeness, because his ability to probably be the big name on the team next year, he could probably make some money in Morgantown as a West Virginia. I guy. would agree. So I'm so, going to say yes to that. I, I'm I wish say I was yes more well. confident. Scooting. I'll just preface it with I'm going to say no. I don't think he is. I, I think um, body language, I think the social media presence here where he's complained a little bit about people getting on him, where his dad is complaining now about the coaching staff's decisions, I think it's not great. It's not setting up great where, like, if I'm Bob Huggins, do I reach out to Corey Bridges and be like, hey, listen, guy, you know, there's some things that, go on behind the scenes as to why your son's playing or not playing. And, you know, do I say, listen, if you've got issues, there's, you know, however many 315 other schools you can look at. But you think that's a D'Angelo <laughs> Hunter situation waiting it's, to happen? It's getting prepping to be. Yeah. I think simmering. so. Like, and then, and then is, is, you know, his dad going to start ripping the coaching staff on the way out? Like, Hey, he was promised this, that, and the other thing. And we didn't see it. I don't know. So I say, no, I think he's gone. I, th- I think, um, and I, how do I say this without offending a large group of people? I think that because he's from West Virginia, West Virginians in general want to see him succeed, maybe more so than the others, because of that connection. Yeah. And um, that's what we do. At times, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's forcing the the round peg into the square hole or vice versa because there are some things where I see it like yeah he's he's got a lot of the measurable things you want to see out of a division one power five conference type player but then there are things where I'm like I don't know would he be better served at a place right. here, here, here's the yeah right and here's the thing Scoot he's not a starter on any other power right. five school right he's not he's not a starter. he's a starter at WVU next season He's not, a, I don't think he's a, I mean, you know, there might be one or two out there that he probably wouldn't even entertain offers from. Like, is he a starter in a conference USA or, a, you know, whatever? Yes. He's not a starter at a power five school. 
No, he's West other than West Virginia. All right, so let's move on. Let's let's talk about some other players. It's, uh, uh, here we go again alphabetically. Kerrigan's a fifth year senior. Isaiah Cottrell, redshirt freshman. Is he back next season? Went to went to you know he went to Huntington Prep. With the Bishop Gorman, too, but went to Huntington Prep. For some reason, Scoot, I feel like this is a no. And I tell you, it's because I feel like, because of what Guido just said, I feel like Isaiah probably has exposure to a lot of other people in the network of, you know, coaching, just the sphere of basketball. He's been, to use your phrase, if there's anyone that feels like they've been a square peg in a round hole this year. It's been Isaiah. And I, I'm afraid that he probably sees more of that on the horizon. And he's also taken a lot of vitriol, I think, from fan-based social media. You know, like not not everyone, but I think there's been a subsection of WVU Twitter that didn't realize his, in, you know, like, dude's coming back from an Achilles injury, but he's taken a lot of vitriol, right. I feel like, from fandom. And so I... That's one I really don't feel confident about, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm going to say no. I'm I'm with you on that, Johnson. I'm I'm the same way. I'm going to say no as well. And for the exact, for the exact reason you said no, because I think that he has connections between Bishop Gorman and Huntington Prep. He has connections to. It wouldn't other surprise me. I think yes. He comes back. Okay. I do. I really think he did. Now, had you asked me halfway through the season, almost before the non-conference season started, I would, or before the regular conference season started, I would have said, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning the other way. I feel here in the last month or two, there's been a lot of um, positive interaction between him and the coaching staff, him and Bob Huggins. Um, it I feels think, more positive. I'll, yeah, it does. And, and I think that Bob – has coach Huggins has is kind of even without saying it admitted that he's kind of been playing him out of position that he's not a strong inside presence but based on what we have with this team they've kind of forced him in I think maybe they've talked to him and said listen bear with us this year we're going to get you some size for next year so that we can play you out on the perimeter where you should be playing I and mean, that's where he should be because he's a hard matchup out on the perimeter that's not a bad take on it I, I like that take on it all right continuing on alphabetically Malik Curry he's he's gone he's a fifth year Kedrian Johnson has a year of eligibility left will he, he's a senior but uh will he be back for his fifth year senior year now at WVU? I, I would think yes on this I I think yes as well I think that He's gotten playing time. I, I'm not, you know, I don't think, I don't think that he is one of the guys that Huggins is talking about when he says, you know, doesn't follow, doesn't want to. I feel like Kedrian Johnson's always been those guys. I think he's got problems. I think there's challenges with him, but I don't think that he's ever been one of those guys that hasn't fallen into the system. Uh, so here's my take on him. Uh, you guys are saying yes. I think potentially yes. The catch is. I personally don't think he's a starter. I think he's been playing way too many minutes. I think he's a better role player. I think he's a better guy off the bench to kind of come in and lock down. Maybe he's a matchup guy. Maybe the other team's got a good guard that you need to lock down like a Brockington. I think he's better served there. I don't know how he would take going from being a starter back to being a bench guy. Um, I got You got to say yes or no. He probably, he probably yes. He comes back. I think he comes because he's got really no other <laughs> options. I don't know where he's going to go if he doesn't come back. All right, moving on. We'll try to move a little fast here. Kobe Johnson, freshman, seen some playing time this year, gotten more time. Johnson, I'm going to go think? yes, but that's more of what I want than like that's probably more based on what I want. I just think that. The opportunities are going to be there. He's He's been getting playing time, and I think there's enough opportunity there to bring him back. I'm going to say yes as, I'm going to say yes as well. I think that, you know, same thing. He's gotten playing time as a freshman. Uh, I think that that makes you want to come back. I think there's the, – I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff saying, hey, look, you're a freshman. You got this much this year. Wait till next year. He's a tough one for me just because I think he's done a very good job of staying in his lane – minding his own business, not being a malcontent. Because um, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever heard him say anything. Maybe that's by design. Maybe the coaching staff doesn't let him or Seth or some of these guys talk to the media. Or, or um, 
I'd like for him to come back. I don't know that we really know what we have with him just yet. That's some of the issue I have is yeah, like, right. Does he see himself as, Hey, I'm not getting a chance. I don't know. We don't know enough about him. He's kind of right. like a mysterious it's hard to evaluate. Uh, player. Yeah. yeah. So I'll say yes, but I don't know. All right. Jamil King is Jamil King come back next year. Seen the court very little this season. Yeah. I, I'll go first. I, I, my fear here is no, I mean, but that's based on my thought of this year's roster, this year's problems, yet I still can't get on the floor. That would be very discouraging, and I would think that would lead him to look elsewhere. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. I think that, you know, again, I think that some of these guys have seen the troubles this year, and maybe these are guys that are bought in. I'm Huggins has definitely called him out in post games as somebody who's, you know, been practicing hard and all of that uh i'll say yes i'll say he stays around scooty what do you think i don't i don't think he stays i think he's kind of got a little bit of a uh (laughs) this is ridiculous that i'm even going to categorize this because i really don't know per se but to me i perceive him to have a little bit of a taj sweet kind of feel to him like (laughs) hey um not getting the season he sees the floor more than taj did but like uh you know he's He's probably wondering to himself if Jalen Bridges is taking one shot and we play the same position and I don't get to go into that space. Like where where do I fit in on this team? And you know, and like you guys said, in a bad season, and I don't see the floor, and the guy that plays my primary spot, which would be that wing, you know, because I don't see him. He's not a power forward or anything. Uh, where do I fit in? So I think he goes. All right, here's one that. I think is going to be hard as well, but has a fifth year eligibility on left senior guard, Sean McNeil. Does Sean McNeil come back and do another senior season? And this is off of a year where he, you know, quote unquote, tested the waters of the NBA last season. He's had a very, very rough season this year for WVU. I think last season he was fun to watch. He came off the bench a lot. He, you know, would throw up threes. Nobody knew what to do with him. I think most of the Big 12 figured him out this year and took advantage of that both offensively and defensively with him. Does Sean McNeil come back, Johnson, for a fifth the, year? To me, this is an absolute no. And I think that's because Sean seems miserable right now. I'll be honest with you. Just as a fan watching, yes, I, I texted Scoot yesterday. If the... The mid-shot pass is now like firmly in Sean's arsenal for some reason. He just he doesn't put up a lot of shots. I think you'll see in games where he'll we know he doesn't need a lot of space or time to get the ball up. He'll seemingly have it in parts of games, but he won't pull the trigger. And it's weird. And I right. you know, in this post game, uh they asked Hugs after the Texas game about you gave Malik Curry the last shot and he essentially responded like well who else was I going to give it to and and he said you know at the time Malik was the guy hitting shots he he added on kind of like as a sub quote he he said you know look Taz wasn't shooting the ball all that well and Sean only took a couple shots and I think that's Hug's way of saying like I don't know why he won't shoot, but he's not, you know, because it's not because of playing time. I mean, Hugs is sticking with him. He's starting. He plays a ton of minutes. Yeah. But this game, Sean goes, I think, three for four. And we've been talking about that, Guido, for the last couple episodes, last couple shows. Just he not doesn't aggressive. take he just, just doesn't take aggressive. many shots. So anyway, I I think because of the close call in the offseason last year, you know, he, he decides to kind of come back last minute. I feel like this season hasn't gone the way he wants, and I'm almost thinking that if I'm Sean, from his perspective, he's probably thinking I don't, I don't really want to do any more damage than maybe this season already already may have done negatively. I'd rather go now and make sure I can still, you know, get my opportunity uh, professionally somewhere. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think this is a this is an for me. It's a quick no. I don't think he comes back next season. I actually think Johnson, on the other hand, what he may do and what I would maybe do if I were Sean McNeil is look for one of those second, third tier schools to go play for and then shoot the lights out next. Just season. Just go torch it for a season. Yeah, go torch it for a season. Average twenty five points a game. Pop up threes against you know whatever you know mid major conference you can fit into. So you're saying like make people go, oh yeah, Sean. McNeil I remember that guy and then and and yeah and then go play in China or you know Europe or wherever 
That's that's what I would do. So I'm I'm saying no as well. Uh, I think that's a, a easy slam dunk no, and I say that because I think if you were to ask Sean McNeil if he regrets not just going somewhere else or playing professionally last year, like coming off of last season, uh, I think that that's something that he would say. Yeah, I probably should have either gone pro- played professionally or looked for a different school. Uh, I still go back to last year. I told you I I didn't think he was coming back last year because his two roommates had transferred. So uh, I don't yeah, know that right. I don't know that how happy he is. He's probably not very happy now. Again, I don't know. Does he have a girlfriend and that's why he stayed? I have no idea. Some of those types of you know mitigating factors that we don't know because we don't know him. I don't know what he I for me if I'm him I try to go to Europe and play I try to make my I'm sure he's got a degree by now so I would try to go why bother even going to a it's not like I don't think he's a he's not an NBA player his feet aren't fast enough to play defense in the NBA level so I think he goes and he's like the the Jimmer Fredette 2.0 in China or somewhere I think I think he could have a really good uh, you know Alex Ruoff type European professional career uh next james Aconquo, uh freshman from uh england uh <laughs> he uh he did do he did go to uh, was it beckley prep is that where he went i Scoot? think for a year yeah for a year yeah uh Aconquo, does he stay hasn't seen the floor that much this season yeah to me this is another one that i feel like Kind of like what I said about Jamel King, I think he he has had to have had a just a bad experience with this this year. I think in a position where y- you know you need someone at that spot, but he never finds the floor. I, I mean that has to be extremely discouraging. I also think he went through, and I don't I don't know the status now, Guido. Like I know early on I saw the chatter about they were going to redshirt him. Then they played him, and they thought that took the red shirt away. So I don't, I don't remember the status of that, but I feel like he's got to be thinking, what you know, like what what's going on here, and and I'm not seeing the floor. So is there an opportunity next year? I, so I, I'm really afraid that he decides to move on, and, and I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard because he has only played 11 minutes. He's only seen the court for 11 minutes all season long. And just to compare that to some of the other guys, I mean, Jamil King has seen it for 29 minutes. Senny Njai had 23 minutes before he left. Oh, wow. Well, that, that puts it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Co- Kobe has got 250 minutes. Seth Wilson, who we'll talk about in a second, has 130 minutes. So, like, all these other freshmen in there, he's kind of at the bottom of that. Um, Taj Thweet had only seen 10 minutes, but I think he was only on the team for, like, a week or two. But I, I-, I think I'm with you. Like, I-, I-, I don't know. I think he does stay. Um, I mean, there's got to be some connection there. You're traveling that far from home. You're, you're- I just think that there's a... There's got to be a connection with the school to make him want to stay. I think entering the portal in his, you know, life situation might be a little challenging. I'll I'll say he stays. Um, so if Sean McNeil for me was a slam dunk that he leaves, this is a slam dunk that he stays. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, early on in the summertime, uh, James Aconquo wasn't supposed to be uh, a college freshman. He actually reclassified. Um, oh, he's, I, think I recall that he's now. a full yeah. year younger right. than a typical freshman. I think he came as a 17 year old, He's a 17 year old. Right. Um, he had played on some 18 and under national teams for, for the United Kingdom, I think. So, I mean, he's got some talent. And then I think I also read that, um, Huggins had promised his dad that he would redshirt him this year because that's what. James's dad had wanted and that was I guess part of the agreement to letting him come to WVU early was that he would kind of get assimilated to the college life work on getting stronger because he's only been playing basketball I think a short amount of time so I think he's a slam dunk yes comes back I think um, part of the reason why I I think he had a very good summer of playing basketball at WVU and going into the fall, kind of like the the preseason camp. He got a foot injury where they didn't know how long he was going to be hurt for. And then I think I think the only reason why he's even played the, whatever did you say, 11 minutes? The only reason why he's played the 11 minutes is because of the season we're having. Yeah. And I think they thought, you know what, let's throw him in real quick just to see what we've got. And I think he played against um, – did he play against – 
one of those uh, really low level teams that we played in the. Yeah, the, he he's played he's played against Radford, uh, Kent State, and Texas Tech. He got four minutes against Texas. Tech. Okay, oh, okay, maybe it was the Radford game I was thinking okay. of, but. Um, I think he's a slam dunk comes back. I think he's been he's more of a project than he was a player this year anyway. And I think that's why he he's only seen the amount of time. I don't think he expects to go in to be honest with you. I, I like it. All right, so uh next Asaboyan, uh, he's fifth year, he's gone. Polycap, he's a fifth year, he's gone and Taz fifth year, he's gone. So that leaves us with one guy left alphabetically uh that's currently on the roster. Seth Wilson, freshman from Ohio, Lorraine, Ohio. Johnson. Uh, Seth has seen a decent amount of time this season. You know, he's he's played 131 minutes. He's He's been out there, and when he's come out, it's been kind of energy. I mean, Seth has had energy, so does he stay next season? I'm going to say yes, but I think it's because of the things you just said. I think Seth sees the opportunity. He became like a small crowd favorite, I feel like. People were kind of clamoring for him to see more time. And then I think he made the most of it when he was out there. Now, the thing that makes me nervous with Seth Wilson, so I'm going to say yes, but what makes me nervous about Seth Wilson is I feel like he now has enough highlight tape that if he wanted to transfer and enter the portal, he has like some right. good material to have... do so if he's not happy. Yeah. So, I, you know, I but I think, I think he like, got some juice this year, you know, the got some fan following, got some support, had some success. So I, I think the opportunities there, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I'm going to say yes. And I think yes, because I, I actually think he has an outside a pretty, you know, depending on how we do in the portal, he has an outside chance of being a starter next season. I think he's got energy. And on top of everything else, he was one of the guys, you know, when we went through that stretch where Kansas, Arkansas, and Baylor, when all of that went down and the team was really, I mean, I'm not going to say that was the bottom, but the team was, you know, gravitating towards the bottom there. He was one of the guys, like, in every post game, you know, Huggins was saying, well, Seth Wilson's out there practicing hard, and he mentioned him. And then, you know, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, those next three games, I mean, he played like 10, 13 yeah. minutes those games. Right. So he's, you saw Huggins – kind of those were the ones where Huggins kind of held up to what he was saying like he's like Seth's playing great in practice and then yeah, Seth started right. seeing the court more so I think there's a connection there between Hugs and, and Wilson and so I'm gonna say that he does he does stay Scoop I agree I think he does stay um I, I don't know I don't know enough about him to say that he's a, a guaranteed lock to be a starter next year um I think it depends on what we have that comes back and what we are bringing in um, I think he, I don't know that he would see the floor as much as he has if we were a different type of team. Um, could he look to go somewhere? Is he happy? I don't know if he's happy or not. Could he look to go somewhere else where he's more of a lock to see, you know, a, a ton more time? You know, does he go to, uh, if he's from Lorain, Ohio, is he interested in, uh, I don't know, uh, a Ohio university. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's what I was thinking too. Is there Akron, some, yeah, uh, Bowling Dayton, green or, a bowl, yeah. Some place yeah. that's, you know, um, like it wouldn't be a bad thing if he went to a Dayton or an Akron and, yeah, and right. started, you know, like those are good teams. So yeah. Is that something he'd rather do? I don't know, but I say he comes back. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. So here's the breakdown. Okay. I picked six guys to stay. Scooty picked five guys to stay. Johnson, you're on the low end. You only picked four guys. Oh, gosh, time. that feels terrible. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting. I kind of kept the tally here. We'll talk about it when it all breaks down. Okay, interesting. Uh, WVU does play twice this week. Uh, they go to Oklahoma on Tuesday at 7 p.m. They go to the Lloyd Noble Center, Scooty. The old, uh, the didn't we name that the old wagon wheel or something like that? They've got a lot of guys that I love to hate. Yeah. Oklahoma. They've had a, raw, a long stretch of guys. Yeah. I love to hate. Right. Maybe, and he was a good player, but maybe I start with Buddy Heald for getting up on the table and you, hey, right. hey Jack, you didn't win the game. So <laughs> get off the right. table. Right. And then uh, I would follow him up with uh, maybe a Ryan Spangler. And okay. then I thought uh, you were going to go Reeves. Oh, well, I'm getting there. Okay. Then you then you look at a, a Reeves and then a Brady Manic. Oh, Brady Manic. And then you continue on and now they've got uh who are they? Like the like the Paul brothers who are right. these guys? Like Jake right. Paul and uh, Logan Paul. I don't bearded even know their names. And not bearded brother. <laughs> they're not the yeah, fully like icon. These guys. I don't, come on. 
The good, the good tanner and the bad tanner, isn't that how it is? The, and the bad tanner is the one who uh, ended our season by hitting. And then they've the got a guy shot. with long hair who doesn't pull it back. Like, what is going on? Like, this is right. Like a cast of characters that you just kind of like. It, to me, they feel like uh, I don't know a team that you would see in a like a made-for-TV movie or some sort of like <laughs> some sort of college right. film where this is like this weird renegade team that you're you're playing so wvu travels to play oklahoma on tuesday that game 7 p.m on espn2 and then they finish the season back at the coliseum on saturday against tcu that game is at 2 p.m senior day that game is on espn plus and then we travel starting a week from uh wednesday march 9th starts the big 12 tournament in kansas Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. So we'll see what happens there, guys, with that. We've got a couple other things we need to talk about real quick. Football, Josh chandler Tomato enters the transfer portal. He complains that he couldn't get enough money from a name and likeness deal Johnson. Um, and then it it doesn't. It doesn't sound good for where he's going, does it? Yeah, it's it's weird to see a guy have such a proclamation about like coming back. You know, he had a pretty heady. Uh, you know, stand like Twitter announcement, right? Uh, that he wanted everyone to know about. So this is just weird to me. Now, in his defense, I mean, he graduated. He's fifth year senior. Guys do this all the time. I, I think this feels raw to us because we were kind of. He felt like an anchor on that defense that's having so many defections right now. So to see him leave, and then. If I'm not mistaken, someone pointed out he already changed his Twitter bio to reflect the University of Miami. So it's kind of like I just busted out laughing when I saw that. You know, I good for him, I guess. Uh, it stinks for us, though, because I thought we were all in agreement that, man, that was set to be a big performer on this defense. Also concerning is that uh, our friend Jake from the smoking musket looks as though he has been drawn to Miami soon for a visit. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, we 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 were considering putting our name in the uh, right. transfer portal as well as a podcast. I mean, I, I, you know, if there's any schools out there that want to hit <laughs> us up, you know, we could we we'd figure it out. And and we we reserve the right to come back. Respect our decision. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know, Johnson. It's this whole transfer portal thing just keeps getting worse well, and worse. Well, and then this week. Uh, you guys probably saw this tweet, but Charles Woods then cryptically sends out a tweet on the heels of this. Hey, these hills are getting harder and harder to walk up in Morgantown. Like, what is okay? Like, uh, all right. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Sorry. Sorry about your, uh, sorry about your calves. I mean, like, I don't like, come on, man. Don't do that. I'm going to say this. Uh, I'll, we've been talking about a lot of elephants. Can we talk about another elephant? Yeah. Or maybe just the room again? Can we talk about the room? Okay. <laughs> right. Like, right. There's got to be something amiss. It, it Perception or, or reality, I feel like right now perception is reality, that there are a lot of names going and not a lot of names coming. And this is, and I somebody tweeted it, but I think I texted you guys this before I had even seen that tweet. It's the end of February, the last week in February, and you are announcing that you're transferring. Yeah, it's mid-semester like, for Pete's sake. Or do you finish the semester? Right, how does that do work? Do you leave automatically? Like, what happens to your, you haven't found a school technically, right, so that we know of? So... A lot of these guys are on weight training programs and things. Does that continue? Like, do right. you, can you still go to the weight room? What happens there? Like, I, w I would think it would be super awkward if you showed up to, you know, uh, your 5.30, 6 o'clock, uh, <laughs> you know, weightlifting opportunity there with your teammates. And the rest of the guys are like, hey, man, you're not coming back. Why are you here? So there is something amiss that we're not sure of. Yeah. And, and I don't know that we'll ever know. Unless somebody comes out and says, here, let me lay it out for you. And I think we've seen some stuff cryptically through Twitter, like uh, guys have kind of said, hey, tell the truth, you know, tell what's going on. And I can't remember who they were. Maybe they were saying that to Dante or somebody like, yeah. hey, be, no, I let's think they be were. real. Yeah, it was a response. Like, you know, kind of like a wink, wink, you know. Right. Like, you know what's going on. So there's something going on. And. We've brought in, and maybe we've brought in others that I'm unaware of, but Lynn J. Dixon is maybe the only 
name of anybody that were well i think we know his name so well because of that don't it's like the only guy to hang our hat on scoot you're right i mean like that's not normal right some of these other teams i looked at a tweet if you look at all of the guys transferring into jackson state there's a list of like eight guys that are coming from pretty big name colleges to jackson state yeah and i think campbell is the same way i noticed it because that's where uh, pat white is now they've got some interesting eyebrow raising transfers so i i totally agree with you i think i i think mountaineer twitter too and people that are following everything really closely i think you would i think you would tamp some of that down if you just saw any and i'm at this point i'm like any kind of influx really you know like just numbers wise yeah we don't have to start quality like let alone before you even start examining quality of players just numbers wise we don't see any seem to see any influx only an outflow of players well and and the big talk is right so in college football at, at west virginia very rarely would we see we'd see a couple of freshmen that were unbelievable athletes see the field as a freshman and and you talk about building a program it's hard to build a program when you don't have those third and fourth year guys anymore and it feels like we've got a bunch of young guys now like we're gonna have to be playing some freshmen some sophomores some you know red shirt freshmen and they're gonna have to like on defense other than Dante Stills I don't Akeem Mesador can we can we move Akeem Mesador to a linebacker? Can can Dante <laughs> right. can, can he play right. can he play safety? Hey Akeem, can you play can you like yeah. just run a little like, bit? Let's lose a little what, weight. I mean, we're gonna have to get year, creative please. here, right? Well, and it feels bad when you do develop someone. So when you do find one of those young guys and you develop him and they become you know when they leave at the end of their sophomore season to go somewhere else, that also feels bad. So I, you're right, Scoot. I I don't know what's going on, but it's it's it feels bad right now. And right now it seems like we're seeing defensively like the the defense i i couldn't tell you who we have on defense because the guys that yeah. i thought i could tell you we had on defense are not there right. anymore <laughs> like right. i don't know right and i think that you know we're a little less than 2 months away from the spring game on april 23rd you know i think we'll see some things there we'll learn some names there Guys, I got to tell you, though, I think both for football and basketball in 2022, 2023, it's going to be a rough, rough game. Feels you know, like it's shaping up that way. Like it's not, yeah. it ain't, it's shaping up not to be a great thing. Now, what is fun right now, but won't be for long, is WVU baseball. WVU baseball starting off really good this season, five and two on their road trip to the Carolinas. They uh, were three and one down, uh, down. What, well, what is that tournament they play? I down think there? it's I like baseball at the beach called, or Johnson. something like that. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah. So they were three and one in that tournament for their first trip. I think they only lost to Coastal Carolina, which is a decent baseball program down there. That's an amazing baseball program. Yeah, yeah and it was a weird like uh, a lot of people were complaining about the umpiring in that game was a little dicey. So probably should have won that game to be honest, or at least had a better chance. And the the thing that stuck out to me, someone pointed out they scored thirty eight runs in those first four games. So for a for a team that I think finished near the bottom, maybe maybe even dead last in runs in you know in production last year i think that's pretty sweet start for the baseball team uh coming out of that tournament that's that's a lot of production yeah scooty we had we had a power hitter coming out of that tournament as well well for me they are a pretty exciting team you look at grant hussey a freshman from parkersburg south who um i don't know if many of you know this but he played in that uh, mlb draft league for uh the morgantown um team last summer and that's pretty much uh Six teams that have guys that are potentially going to be drafted in, in MLB. Some of them were already college players. Um, Grant happened to be amongst the handful of high school players from last year that got to play in that. So I don't think the stage is too big for him uh, playing in the Big 12. And he sh- he's shown that because in, what, his first uh, two or three games, he's already had three home runs in the, in the beginning of the season. Now he's kind of slowed down, and I said to you guys at the time, once – there's some film on him it'll be a little bit tougher and it'll be important to see how he adjusts to the way he gets pitched but um it is exciting they're an exciting team you look at austin davis you look at victor scott some of the plays they're making defensively um yeah they've got some decent pitching especially in the bullpen so i think that's going to be a a fun season and uh, 
for us, we're baseball guys anyway, so I think it gives us a little glimmer of hope. And right now, with no Major League Baseball, it's kind of the only game in town. I think you're going to see a big uptick in um, in, in people watching college baseball this year. Well, I think that's the other fun thing, you know. I mean, it, there are a lot of games that are televised, uh, you know, on ESPN Plus if you get it. Uh, there's also, you know, you can log in and watch the ACC network. Some people can and and those. So that's that's definitely, you know, exciting to see that baseball team come around. Zach Bravo uh, had a great pitch, pitching outing the other day as well. I, I think it's going to be a fun team. The problem is, Scoot, is then we turn into, you know, we got to know another month or so of these uh, random games. I know we traveled to Minnesota and we're playing that game in U.S. or that in that series for U.S. Bank Stadium. And if you haven't gotten a chance yet, they've built U.S. Bank Stadium, which is where uh, the Vikings play their football games. They've redone it for a month of baseball, and it looked the way they did it. It looks like uh, the old Dome Stadium in oh, Minnesota, the like the outfield walls, like this, yeah, this big bag. It's kind of interesting. Oh, uh, really? I'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like old Twins games on there. So uh, WVU plays in that, and I think that's televised coming up this week. They play Minnesota, Illinois uh, next week, and uh, Michigan State as well in that tournament at US Bank Stadium. Um, but I think the bigger thing is, is that, you know, once we kick into conference play, it becomes very hard because you have a number one ranked Texas in there. You've got TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, they're all ranked. You've got, what, four or five uh, teams in the Big 12 that are ranked top 25. And so that's definitely tough for, for WVU to, uh, to face. Fun, exciting thing, though. First home game is this week, Tuesday. It's broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. Let's hope it doesn't snow. Home opener at... Uh, in Morgantown at Wagner Field, the newly named Wagner Field. I guess they named it back in the fall. Named after former WVU baseball player Rick Wagner, who played for WVU for years, went on to get drafted. I think he was drafted originally by the Orioles, and then second time he was drafted by the Mets and played in their organization for a couple of years. And then kind of where he made his money and how he made his donation, he went on to uh, find Heavy Seas Brewery, which is just outside of Baltimore, and uh, has donated a million dollars, and now the stadium is named Wagner Field at Monongahela County Ballpark, Mon County Ballpark. So uh, WVU plays Tuesday, like I said, 3 p.m. That game is on ESPN Plus if you want to watch some baseball, Johnson. Yeah. And then uh, last thing, yeah, then last thing we get to talk about. Sorry, threw you off there, scared you a little bit. Uh, last thing is, uh, you know, good or bad for Javon Carter gets released by the Nets, but looks like he's getting signed by the Bucks, John. Yeah, I think that stunk to see that happen um, with Brooklyn. I think he he had kind of had some trouble and struggled a little bit after going there from Phoenix. So I, to be honest, I think it's cool that I hate to see him switch teams again, but. Um, maybe he'll latch on a bit better with Milwaukee. Um, and then how cool is it, Scoot, Mike Gansky? Yes, Mike Gansky. Mike Gansky gets promoted to be the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, Mike's worked, I think, you know, just following generally, because I, I was such a Mike Gansky fan at the time, but I think he's been working in and around uh, general management of some teams for a while now. But this is cool. It's The NBA is so weird to me, right? So you look at uh, Javon, going back to the Javon Carter thing, uh, when Javon Carter ended up with Memphis, I thought it was great that he was at Memphis. I thought they're not a, they were kind of a struggling team. He's going to see some time. This is a great thing. Then he gets traded, goes to Phoenix. I thought, okay, they were kind of an up and coming team. They had DeAndre Ayton. They had some some nice you know uh, Booker. They had some nice pieces. Uh, he was playing fairly well. Okay, then he gets traded. And then he's at Brooklyn. All right, that's like a super team, right? You've got Kevin Durant, James Harden. Yeah, right. You've got all these Kyrie Irving. You've got all these big names. And he's seeing the floor a little bit. He's not seeing a ton of time, but he's seeing a little bit of time. And then he gets traded. Or he got released is what happened. He got released. Um, and then he signs with Milwaukee. You're thinking, that's amazing. Like, they've got D- they've got uh, Giannis... Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they've yep. got uh, Middleton and some of these big-time uh, players, and they're a contender for the NBA title again. So it's a neat situation. It's a neat opportunity, and you would love to see him stick around with a team a little bit longer to have some of that stability and some of that longevity. Uh, hopefully that starts to show up for him because he deserves it. I think he's he's a good NBA player. 
Um, well, I think uh, I think that he's probably a leader in the locker room. He was a leader when he was at WVU. I think that's that appeals to teams. I think he's going to be, you know, sort of an NBA journeyman. He's going to go around. He's going to hit a bunch of teams in his career, but he's probably going to have a long career. I mean, he's probably going to play how many ever a decade or so in the league, and you know, maybe go finish it off in in Europe or whatever. He'll play until his legs give out on him. I think. I mean, to be honest with you, his, yeah, his defensive is what's going to keep him in the NBA for a long time. He's going to be kind of that guy that you bring in as a defensive specialist. Well, guys, we should probably wrap it up for the week. Uh, you know, another another week is ahead of us. WVU plays two games this week for basketball. One against Oklahoma on Tuesday at 7 p.m. That's on ESPN two against the the cast uh, from Slapshots, just the basketball <laughs> yeah. version. <laughs> and then we uh, we finish off the regular season in the Coliseum on Saturday against TCU. That game is at 2 p.m. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Tickets still available for that game as well. Not sure that's going to be a sellout. We'll find out. Uh, and then WVU Baseball does a, have a game this week, home opener on Tuesday. That game is broadcasted on ESPN+. Plus. Check it out, 3 p.m. on Tuesday against Kinesis. And uh, hopefully it won't be too cold in Morgantown for uh, for them to play baseball. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week, guys, with another show. Don't forget, look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. Johnson, it's kind of like a great place to find out everything we've been talking about. Yeah, we always include all our show notes for everything we talked about in the latest show. And you can click on the tune-in link. Uh, to listen to the latest show right there in the sidebar of the site. And you can also click through to the merch store. So check it all out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. Well, everybody, we'll be back next week with another show talking about wrapping up the regular season in basketball and what's next for WVU, getting ready for the Big 12 championship game. Tune in. Don't forget, like and subscribe. Tell your friends because we need listeners right now because they're falling at a great pace. WVU loses and all of us start to lose downloads. So you know, help us out a little bit. Tell people how funny we are. Come I'm hilarious. Funny. I am hilarious. I am. Yeah. I am the WVU podcast best kept secret. Yes. Of of all the podcasts. And you are a kept secret. That is for sure. So, all right, guys, we'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got your ears on.